Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football. The video is titled Coaching Chaos and Coaching Chaos Indeed, guys. I mean, just a bomb out of nowhere. Alabama head coach Nick Saban announcing that he's stepping down and retiring. Bo Davis, of course, the LSU. What do y'all make of this? Uh, I got to say this. Bo Davis was a, was a bomb for me. Uh, Nick Saban is an earthquake. <laughs> he, he like shook the entire college football coastline, uh, in my opinion. Uh, big news out of uh, uh, Alabama today, Tuscaloosa. Chris Lowe first reporting that uh, Nick Saban ste stepping down. The, the GOAT, uh, the greatest of all time ever to do it in college football, most likely, is Nick Saban. Finishes with six national championships at Alabama, won at uh, LSU, and literally he dominated college football for the better part of, uh, what, 15 years now, basically. Uh, he was in the national champion hunt, championship hunt almost every year, 11 SEC championships, uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, coaching career. Uh, of course, I got to say this, now who replaces him? Uh, is Steve, does Steve Starkeesian's name get mentioned in that list? Uh, you just don't know. Some people have already put out some names. Dabo Sweeney, of course, is an Alabama graduate. He's at uh, Clemson. He's going to get mentioned. Kalen DeBoer is going to be, get mentioned. But I tell you what, Kalen DeBoer may not get mentioned for, for the Alabama job much because guess what? Pete Carroll got fired or let go today, or the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and so he's got that Pacific Northwest to tie. Maybe he stays and coaches the Seahawks. I don't know. Uh, the other piece that I've got to say um, that, that's very interesting here for me uh, is this. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has his two mentors let, I quit coaching in the single day, right? Pete Carroll and uh, and, uh, and uh, Nick Saban. Just crazy right now to think about it. Uh, earlier in the day, Bo Davis, the Texas defensive line coach, after saying he was going to stay or telling folks internally he was going to stay just a week and a half ago, uh, decided to instead go ahead and go to uh, LSU. Uh, but now this is a this is the kind of atomic bomb that could go off that could change everything in college football. Alabama players now have 30 days to transfer if they want to. I mean, they could literally just. They could literally just go uh, and and go. And whoever's team the coach goes from can also portal as well. So it's a crazy situation right now uh, for uh, college football. Uh, of course, he has all those midterm enrollees that are set to enroll this week too. Uh, CJ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch it to you. You've done a little research on uh, Nick Saban by the numbers, and it's just so, so impressive. It truly is. I mean, over 17 years at Alabama, 44 first-round draft picks, six national championships. Uh, I mean, just in all everything that you wanted in an encapsulation of a of a of a head coach at a major Division One program. That's what Nick Saban was. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. His entire career: 297, 71, and one, 80 percent winning percentage. Uh, as a head coach, 11 SEC titles, five-time SEC coach of the year, two-time AP coach of the year, and two-time Walter Camp coach of the year as well. The accolade list could go on and on and on. 49 career first-round picks as well, 44 of which came at Alabama, as I mentioned. But what an, an astounding 
career in general. And, and Bobby, here's the craziest thing. I was looking at the Alabama records by year. Their worst record came in 2010. They went 10 and three, finished 10th in the AP final AP poll of a season. They did not finish outside of the top 10 in an AP poll in Saban's entire tenure at Alabama, aside from year one. That is remarkable. That is, as you said, truly the greatest coach of all time in college football. Uh, for my entire college football existing career, fandom, watching, whatever you want to call it, he's been that guy. He's been the gold standard. And, uh, I mean, it's one of those moments where you'll look back and say, all right, I remember where Nick Saban was when he retired because it changed the entire landscape of the sport. You know, you'll see that with Bill Belichick's, you know, eventually coming down from New England as well. When Brady left, it was kind of that same thing. Right now, this is the changing of the guard, the changing of a new generation in college football. I, I'm looking at it, and it's it's absolutely incredible because here's here's another thing to consider. Um, uh, you mentioned guys uh, that over the years have had great careers. Bobby Bowden had a run of 14 consecutive years being in the top four uh, of the final AP poll. Bobby Bowden didn't win six national championships along the way. Um, you know, there are so many things that, that uh, uh, could be possibilities here, whether or not, uh, I mean, people are saying, oh, well, now Sark should go get Freddie Roach as the defensive line coach. Uh, that's Alabama's defensive line coach. He's an ace recruiter. That's possible. We don't know who's going to replace uh, our, our uh, who's going to replace Nick Saban. Will Steve Sarkeesian be in that group? Are they going to go for someone else? I mean, Look, there, there's going to be a 24 to 48 hour uh, reset here of a lot of expectations. And I really don't know which way this is going to go. Um, Sark has got a contract that's up. He's probably attainable based on his current contract deal. Um, but, you know, you have guys like Kalen DeBoer that are out there that have had a tremendous season. Uh, I've got, I mean, look, Mike Norvell at Florida State. Has to be a guy that's looked at a little bit. He had a great year uh, for the Seminoles as well. As well, uh, but Sark has some experience in Tuscaloosa, just like Lane Kiffin does. Uh, but I would ha have a hard time seeing Kiffin follow uh, Saban in Tuscaloosa. I wouldn't have a hard time seeing them going after someone uh, like Steve Sarkeesian, who's coming off his best coaching year ever. And that was actually going to be something I brought up. I mean, if you're a top tier candidate, do you want to follow possibly the greatest coach of all time? I mean, that has to be something that weighs in the back of a coach's mind, don't y'all think? To an extent, but I also think how fertile Alabama's proven to be recruiting-wise. Uh, the reputation that Alabama has as a national program, you know, you talk about the Blue Bloods, the history of winning, the success. There's a uh, an expectation at Alabama that we've talked about that was instilled under Nick Saban that is about winning. You know, players want to go to Alabama to win. They want to go there to develop. That's what it was. They were able to, to recruit nationally so well as a result. So while, you know, following the footsteps of a Nick Saban is going to be difficult, you're going into a program where everything has been instilled about winning for the last 20 years. It's almost one of the, the best jobs in the entire country based solely off of what Nick Saban did. It, it, it'll open up that many opportunities recruiting-wise and on the field-wise as a result of what he did, not necessarily as uh, it, 
I wouldn't necessarily look at it as a uh, an escape of his shadow, but more a continuation of the work that he's done. I just I, I feel like there's all kinds of things that uh, I, I don't know that I would want to follow him, but there's probably going to be ten to twelve million reasons why someone would. <laughs> I let let's uh, per year, um, and so this is all kind of crazy. What does this do to Ryan Williams's recruitment? The wide receiver that's committed to uh, Alabama right now, young man out of uh, Sarah Land High School. Uh, Auburn's involved there too, Brandon. Uh, You don't know, but you you have to think that his commitment to Alabama is certainly tenuous at best, Um, you know, even though he's expected to visit there this weekend. Maybe he was going there this weekend or, or excuse me, next weekend. It's crazy right now. Uh, People are mentioning other guys that Texas could possibly – get out of the portal like uh, Amar Nyblack, the the tight end out of uh, Alabama. These are all too soon to tell. Uh, I've got to figure out, like, I mean, who else, guys, who else are some of the true candidates, in y'all's opinion, uh, to take this job? I mean, James Franklin's been mentioned. Dan Lanning, of course, at at Oregon. Mike Norvell. Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Davo Swinney. I mean, Goodness gracious. I mean, this is a this is a crazy situation right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, guys. I mean, it's just saying who knows what other coaching hires are going to take place. I mean, there's even rumors of uh, Kirby Smart possibly making the jump to the NFL. I mean, there's so many possible things that can happen. Plus, what's already happened and set in stone just today, as you said, Bobby Pete Carroll, another, you know, another deal. I mean, all, all this stuff. Uh, it's just crazy how much news is dropping today and no telling what we're going to see here in the future. Look, this is the new world of college football too. Their, their situations impact player in the portal. There is just absolutely no question about that. Um, And what it means, I don't know. And someone's mentioning urban Meyer at Alabama. Holy cow. I mean, talk about bringing it back. Um, My, my point here is, is this. Texas uh, has to figure out uh, where it fits right now. Uh, the Longhorns absolutely uh, want to keep uh, Steve Sarkeesian right now. Will Alabama come after him? And if they do, is Texas ready uh, for that scenario? That's going to be the question that you have. Chris Del Conte has to be ready. Uh, Kevin Eltife and Jay Hartzell, they have to be ready. Uh, this is a scenario where it could get uh, kind of interesting uh, for Texas. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, you know, if I were Alabama, would I want to talk to Steve Sarkeesian potentially? Yeah, the answer is yes. Right. Um, will they? I don't know. I mean, I think I, 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 something about it tells me Dabo Sweeney is the guy there because he was from, I mean, that's his, that's his school. But, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I will say that Alabama made a deal with Jimmy Sexton to get Nick Saban in the first place. That was Nick Saban's agent, Steve Sarkeesian, as well as basically 75% of college football coaches are, are represented by Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton. So it, it's, a, it's a crazy situation. On the, a quick note on Dabo Swinney, I was looking at on Twitter, fifth quarter Clemson, a Clemson-affiliated news outlet over on Twitter tweeted, Dabo has a $60 million buyout. But there's a clause in that buyout in which it's a 1.5 multiplier should he end up at Alabama. So that would be a $90 million buyout. 
in the sense that he goes to Alabama from the Clemson job. So 90 million or 9 million? Which one, CJ? 90. 1.5 million multiplier right there. Woo! That is crazy. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. That's Those wild. are crazy. Crazy buyouts. I mean, Alabama's going to have to pony up if they want one of those guys. Hey, Mike Vrabel of the NFL is available. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is crazy. They could go with Dan Quinn of the Cowboys. I mean, I, I know Quinn may take the Seattle job. He was the defensive coordinator there for uh, for uh, 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 Pete Carroll there for a little bit. Right, let's add Rod Babers in here. Rod, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, doing good, good man. news. Everything okay today? Uh, everything's going great, man. It just feels like it, it, the off season doesn't feel like an off season. It feels like <laughs> it's headlines constantly. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing. All right, Rob, what do you think of this move by Nick Saban uh, retiring? And then also, let's talk a little bit about Bo Davis and his uh, his move to LSU earlier today. Yeah, I mean the the possibility of not only Alabama being open, but, you know, I look on the, the macro of Jim Harbaugh possibly leaving Michigan. I mean, you're talking about jobs that just don't come open around the same time. The domino effect, the butterfly effect of this thing could just be, uh, I mean, it could be immense, right? It could be felt all the shockwaves, felt all throughout college football. And, yes, Texas somehow will feel those shockwaves too, whether it be you having to play Bama uh, coming up next season, having to play Michigan coming up next season, or whether that be because, hey, man, uh, Sark's due for a new contract, and I'm sure you guys already talked about it. I'm sure Sark's agent is uh, salivating. He's like, excellent, like Montgomery Burns, man. He's really excited about uh, the possibility of being able to negotiate Sark. Yeah, Sark about to get paid. You're right about that, Chris. Uh, Negotiate (laughs) against Alabama, which I'm sure on their short list you're going to have Sark, and Sark deserves that, and uh, you know, Nick Saban and apparently uh, some of the decisions make decision makers there at Alabama were really, really uh, high on Sark when he was there. Um, there was even some talk about, you know, when he was there, hey, if Nick Saban does actually move on, uh, could Sark be one of those guys potentially that could replace him? So uh, I don't think Sark's leaving Texas. So I'm not trying to freak people out at all, but I, I, he's smart and his agent is smart. So he will use this in his negotiation to get paid. There's no doubt about it. But Bo Davis leaving is probably, um, you know, that's, we talked about it, right? Money was not going to be the deciding factor for Bo Davis. And I know that LSU offered to pay big bucks. So they, uh, topped the offer from Texas allegedly. And that's, you know, that's a big move to be able to, uh, beat Texas to money whip, <laughs> uh, someone, uh, over Texas. That's uh, quite an accomplishment, but I think Bo Davis, you know, that was some sentimental ties, right? That's his alma mater. I think he wanted to go back there at LSU, at one point, he was a strength and conditioning coach at one point. I think he wanted to go back there and coach the D-line. And let's talk that his son um, could be a big part of his decision that maybe he does want to coach his son. And that's a possibility at LSU. Uh, there are a lot of other reasons uh, other than just the money, but the money helps. Uh, and LSU going that big time, what, I mean, what was it, between $1.3, $1.5 million? That's a and lot of money. My understanding, Rod, they're also helping with a buyout, a little bit of a buyout. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot of bread. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going overboard uh, yes. on this, and I and I think ultimately, Bo, like you said, may wanted to go back to his alma mater because Texas could have truly could have paid up. I just don't think that, you know, ultimately this, you know, these guys have to make decisions where they want to be, et cetera. 
Uh, Bo going to, to LSU is Bo going to LSU. Texas, in my opinion, now has to take this rod and look at it as an opportunity to improve their their coaching staff. So what what were Bo's strengths and what were Bo's weaknesses? What what were they? I, I mean, I'm not on that staff. I don't have the day in, day out, but I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian does. He's going to have to go out there and try to find people that can do it better. That's his job as head coach. That's a that's a tough that is a tough task. Find a coach better than Bo Davis <laughs> or as good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, he, look, I mean, my point being, uh, there are. I mean, Bo Davis isn't the greatest defensive line coach of all time. He's yeah. really good. Don't get me wrong, but there are guys out there that can coach defensive line that are doing it at a very high level. Yes, Texas needs to find one of those guys that can also recruit that it can also jive, uh, jive with the staff, all of those things mixed together, right? That They have to look at it as an opportunity. Some people are mentioning names like Rod Wright, uh, who's an NFL offensive line coach, guys like Frank Oakham, uh, guys like that. But I, I suspect Oscar Giles was that, uh, you know, former Long, Longhorn and, uh, cool. and uh, defense line coach this year up at Wyoming. There, there are a lot of them, a lot of them. I don't know, though, that this is going to be a position where Sark just goes and hires in-house. Um, and so that, that's my that's my take on it. He's going to look for the best proven recruiter and coach he can Ooh. find, D-line coach. What's Ed Orgeron you know, doing? Is Ed Orgeron doing? Ed or <laughs> it's my understanding Ed Orgeron, I mentioned him. Ed Orgeron has, um, in the previous video, Ed Orgeron has a buyout. If he's working oh, for any man. SEC team, the really? problem is okay. Texas isn't currently an SEC team. And Sark and, and Orgeron work together uh, at USC. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. Oh. I mean, it, Ed Orgeron is about as good as it gets, too. He's an awfully he's good, good yeah. uh, line coach and recruiter. That, that's a great name, Rod. Okay. I like that. That's I didn't realize that's a great little loophole there. So they officially are in the SEC and win July? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. That's that's a we'll see if it actually deal. happens. I mean, look, there, there are a lot of nuances. This is gonna get crazy. Every time I thought we were uh everything, every time I thought things would slow down. I mean, mm -hmm. look, I thought I thought that Bo Davis was big news today. And then I get a text saying Nick Saban retired. And I'm like, okay, wow. wait a minute, who's reporting this? You know, Whoa. and then it just oh man. Yeah, what a crazy, what what a crazy situation. And then think about, I, I wonder if, if they don't, you know, if they don't fill the job, the, obviously whatever the fill the position quickly. I mean, the transfer portal, right? The rules change for the coaching vacancies too. Yeah. Oh man, that the poaching season also is going to be interesting to see if some of these uh, these these really high end players for Alabama, if they were Nick Saban guys or if they were Alabama guys. Yep, uh, and, and Syracuse Horn has this right. They're going to be. 100 dominoes that fall from this. Oh, yeah. I, I think one of them is that people are asking who um, Alabama's defensive line coach. That is Freddie Roach. Uh, and he is an excellent recruiter um, and uh, would be a, would be some that someone that Sark would likely look at, to be fair. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what what comes to pass there. Uh, but we're following it right now. Just a breaking story. Nick Saban uh, retires from college football coaching. Uh, CJ, read those stats back to Rod and let Rod talk about those stats that you had up there. Matt, put that graphic up back up for us too, if you would. 
three wins shy of 300 career uh, uh, victories for Nick Saban, seven national championships, six of which came at Alabama, 11 SEC titles, five SEC coaches of the year, two-time AP coach of the year, two-time Walter Camp coach of the year, 44 first-round picks at Alabama alone, 49 of which uh, he had in his entire career. Four Heisman winners as well were coached by uh, Nick Saban as well. So just an absolutely in- incredible, you know, run, tenure, you know, just the goat. the best there ever was. Yep, goat stuff, man. He's a goat. And honestly – I it's one of the, he's one of those goats where I'm not sure when some coach is going to get on that kind of trajectory to be able to surpass it. And honestly, I'm not sure if it'll ever happen again because of, I don't know, really the dominant run that he had at Alabama. I don't know if teams are equipped to have those kind of dominant runs. We'll see. I mean, Kirby smarts, he's, he's on a pace, right? Kirby smarts on a nice pace to we'll see how Kirby smart does with reinventing the program now, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee anybody actually surpassing those numbers by Nick Saban, maybe ever, or if not for a really long time. Hey, Bobby, we've had a lot of people join since we first started this, and we're getting this question a lot. But can you reiterate what are the transfer rules with a coach leaving? Okay, head coaches only. First of all, um, the portal opens immediately for those players, the entire team, for thirty days. So Alabama players have until what February 10th to leave free of at free will. They can transfer mm-hmm. right now. Every single player on Alabama's roster can enter the transfer portal, contact other schools, etc. I think that Alabama has a good enough roster and, and enough players that I don't see a bunch of guys entering it immediately. But what about a Jalen Hale? who last year went to Alabama over Texas at the last minute, right? Um, What about guys like that that have some ties back to Texas? Jamarian Miller. I think that they're going to wait and see what happens at Alabama, but there could be five to ten that peel off quickly uh, because they went there specifically for uh, for Nick Saban or one of the coordinators, uh, to be honest. Yeah, Uh, That's another thing. You see here, this is an interesting one right here, uh, Rod. Steve Sarkeesian had two mentors in his football, two true mentors in his college football coaching career. Nick Saban was one of them at Alabama. The other was Pete Carroll, who who probably had a more formative impact uh, on him. Both of those no longer coaching as of today. Both happening in a single single day. How's that? I wonder what Steve Sarkeesian's thinking about right now. And aren't they? they're, They're close to the same age, are they not? Yes. Very close to the same age around that that age, too. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised that uh, Pete Carroll was let go today, too. Um, I think for, you know, for, for Sark to have the, – they're very different, right? You know, Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, even personality-wise, uh, very, very different. Um, I think if, if you go look at it maybe from a team-building perspective, like just from team-building roster construction, I, I think he takes a little bit of, from both. Right, took a little bit from Pete Carroll in the way that he constructed the USC roster. I mean, look at the offensive talent, stockpiling of the quarterbacks, but also think he took something from Nick Saban, like the lines of scrimmage and building teams. So he did take a little bit from both of those guys in um, his philosophy overall as a coach. And um, he's talked about how much those guys meant to him. Be interesting to see if, if either of those guys are, are done, done, 
or if you'll see Nick Saban in some other capacity. Uh, maybe he's been complaining about college football for a long time. Maybe he wants to be the commissioner. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Lee Corso probably needs to worry about his job at this point. Oh, now that's a good, yeah, no doubt. Especially with <laughs> Pete Carroll or Nick Saban. Hell yeah, you're right about that. No doubt. Yeah. Hey, CJ, read that tweet, if you would, that Sark put out, because I thought that was tremendous from him. Yeah, the two goats. Let's see. There it is. Uh, the two goats would not be here uh, where I am without these two men today as mentors. Thank you for everything. And that's from Steve that. Sarkeesian. Yeah. Pete Carroll's yeah. got a goat. Pete Carroll's goat uh, legacy on his resume is he won a national title and won a Super Bowl, right? You have three coaches all time that have done that. Pete Carroll is one of those guys. Barry Switzer's the other one. And Jimmy Johnson. I think Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll get more props than Barry Switzer. Thing was on cruise control pretty much. But those guys built it right from the ground up. So you know college or the pro level. That makes you a made man. Jim Harbaugh's going to try to do it next and be a made man. So that's why people's like, well, how's Pete Carroll a GOAT? That's why he's a GOAT. You can win a championship at the NFL level and the college level. They're basically two different games at this point, two different sports at this point. You just know ball. And Pete Carroll, no ball. Uh, and, and and so and so obviously Nick Saban's a GOAT, but that's why Pete Carroll stands out. A lot of people agreeing with you that Barry Switzer should not count, by the way. <laughs> his, his, his college championships are tainted as a – as are his NFL championships, in my opinion. Uh, although I, I not at least uh, at least the, the ones in, in pro were legal. Oh. Uh, all right, uh, Matt Miller says everyone needs to calm down. Thamel uh, is plugged in, and Sark isn't in on the list. On top of that, he was offered coaching waiting at Alabama and chose Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thamel is indeed plugged in. Coaching searches have a way of, of changing things fairly quickly. Can we go back to that list of uh, buyouts that we had earlier, Matt, when you see that? The one that is interesting really to me at this point is Dan Lanning. Uh, Oregon is not – it has been a way station for just about every coach that goes through there. They yeah. never stay. Wow. Um, even Chip Kelly or – if you have any amount of success there, you're on your way uh, elsewhere. This is Pete Thamel's list. Dan Lanning. That's Oregon. Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Dabo Sweeney. James Franklin up at Penn State. Mike Norvell at Florida State. And Marcus Freeman mm. uh, at Notre Dame. All come with complications and big buyouts as it's difficult to move entrenched coaches. Um, <laughs> Lord, uh, what, a, what a big tweet that is. Nick Saban is retiring, sources tell ESPN. He won six national titles. CJ, how many NFL draft picks did the guy have? Let me find that number. I, I, I know 49 total were in the first round, but 44 came of which at, at Alabama since 2007. I think his first actually came in 2009. So from 2009 to 2023, uh, 44 first-round draft picks at Alabama in its entirety. But let me find that yeah. number for you. Texas has not had that many people drafted in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> they had 44 first rounds. You want to learn why it's the Jimmys and Joes and not the X's and O's? That is, why. that is why you're right about that. And I love that you know the irony of 
you know, Texas was there at the beginning of this run, right? Texas was right there. It, it, the start, I'm sorry, I hate to bring this stuff up. I know it's hurtful, but we witnessed the beginning of it. And what I what I love about Nick Saban's run, because you can't have a run that long. It's like the Patriots or it's like the, the Spurs. You can't have a dynastic run that long unless you reinvent yourself a couple of times. You have to. Because after a while, everybody's going to catch up to your secrets and your trends and they'll poach all your coaches and they'll find out your philosophy and all that kind of stuff. And then you lose your edge, you lose your advantage. And Nick Saban, remember, they used to win national titles and compete for them with, with quarterbacks, you know, completing less than 50, less than 60% of their passes. You know, these quarterbacks that, you know, didn't, they weren't prolific passers. They weren't necessarily, they were more game managers. And yet then he flipped the script, reinvented the whole entire uh, blueprint for Alabama. And then they were putting out first round wide receivers and first round quarterbacks and running up tempo offenses. I just love that, you know, he was able to reinvent himself. And I think there's a lot of great, you see a dynasty uh, and they, they were dynasty for more than five, six years. There's a reinvention in there somewhere. And to me, that's really shows you the brilliance of one Nick Saban. He almost tried to warn us. He was like, I don't want to play this style of football. I don't want to go here. He was against up-tempo offenses. He didn't really want to go to the spread, but he was like, hey, you know what? Sign the times. The man, I, I must evolve. And damn it, if he didn't, if he did it, he did it the best that anybody did it. <laughs> yeah, he's just tremendous. Go ahead, CJ. 123 total draft picks at Ooh. Alabama under Nick Saban. Damn. And I saw it on Twitter in a different fashion. How about 44 first round draft picks to just 29 total losses? <laughs> Doesn't that make you think, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> Hey, uh, he's he, he's the goat for a reason. There's no doubt about that. Matt, can you put that buyout uh, mm. stat back up on the on the thing from Pete Thamel? This is interesting, CJ and Rod, because it defy and Blake because it defies what some Clemson folks are putting out. Uh, buyouts for potential Alabama head coaching contact contacts. It says Dan Lanning at 20 million, Kalen DeBoer at 12, Dabo Swinney only at seven and a half. CJ. Compared to the 60 that the Clemson side is quoting, I wonder where Pete Thamel is getting that number from. James Franklin at $6 million, Mike Norvell at $4 million. I believe Steve Sarkeesian is either at twelve dollars or $15 million. Mm. And I, I don't know exactly that number. Somebody would have to help me out with that right now. But my point being that if Dabo Sweeney's only 7.5 compared to what we thought it was at 60 that's a that's a big gap. That's a big change, especially for a guy that graduated from Alabama, played for Bear Bryant, etc. Yeah, that is impressive. I guess it goes to your point, though, um, Bobby, about uh, Oregon tired of their coaches using them pretty much as a stepping stone and leaving. So they're like, no, if you're going to leave, it's going to be a ridiculous uh, buyout. And 20 million is that's crazy. <laughs> I, that's just huge. Um, guys, uh, Rod, uh, we talked about Bo Davis leaving. I want to, I want to hit on that a little bit. Um, you feel like it was partially, I know part of it had to do with money. There's no doubt about it. LSU was told no last week and came back again this week. I'll just, mm. that's, that's what I've, I've, I've been told. Um, and so I know part of that is money. Part of it may be a, a tie to a, a relative, uh, his son that wants to play as a grad transfer there. Is that what you've heard as well? Yeah, I've heard that as well. That is something I've seen multiple times. That it, it, and I, I don't know if his son is transferred already or if he could transfer or will transfer, uh, but that has been uh, a report that, you know, one of, it may be more rumor than reports uh, that he also would like to coach his son. Got it. 
Where CJ, what do you think that does? I mean, we we reached out to uh, Alex January, DeAndre Robinson, and Melvin Hills at this point. Those are the three defensive line uh, signees for the University of Texas. Uh, two of those three, Robinson and uh, January, expected to be on Texas campus in the next week. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what this means for Texas and uh, those players? Well, it's tough because obviously, you know, you commit to Bo Davis, you see the production and the development that his defensive linemen have put on the field over the last three years. That's kind of what you signed up for. You know, you wanted to play for Steve Sarkeesian in the University of Texas, but above all, you wanted to be coached by Bo Davis because of what he was able to do getting these guys into the NFL, uh, driving up their draft stock as a result of tremendous on-field performance and development as well. So it, it, it puts the ball in Steve Sarkeesian's court right now to go find a guy who can follow suit, that can you know establish relationships and obviously develop these guys on the field. That's the biggest question. Also, you name those three guys that Texas signed in the 2024 class. What does this mean for Alfred Collins, who said he's going to come back for 2024 as well? What does it mean for Jamar Caldwell, who is in the mm -hmm. portal right now from Houston, that Texas has mm -hmm. also been courting and recruiting uh, as hard as anybody since his name went into the portal. Is that the reason for the holdup? Was that something uh, that was kind of portrayed to him beforehand? I don't know, but that's something that's going to have to give these guys a couple of second thoughts to ensure that they want to come to Texas once more. Uh, and again, like I said, it's up for Steve Sarkeesian to find a, a suitable replacement that can step in with a seamless transition to continue uh, the on-field production and you know, relationships in that room to keep it a strength on the Texas defense. I, I agree with you about Jamari Caldwell. Uh, I think this may be the reason why Texas was on the cusp of a commitment 24, 48 hours ago. And now we're kind of saying what's going on. Right. Maybe this is what was in the works uh, behind the scenes that didn't push the trigger uh, or pull the trigger on Jamari Caldwell. I want to mention this too. And, and, this is – Mock Schnell is a, a guy that posts quite a bit, a uh, really uh, intelligent poster. Rick Amber guy uh, uh, says, Mock has a good point. Bo did not recruit DeAndre Coburn, Mora Ojomo, Tavondre Sweat, or Alfred Collins. None of them. Oscar Giles did. I will say this. The, the defensive line room at Texas outside of Sadir Mitchell right now is not littered with blue-chip players mm -hmm. that, Oscar, that, that Bo Davis recruited. Now, did he develop those guys? Heck yeah. This was probably his best defensive line recruiting group, though, since he's been on campus at Texas. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why a Jamari Caldwell remains so important for the Longhorns. Kirk Bowl says, Bo Davis desperately wants to coach his son, Bo, and I bet the Southeastern Louisiana lineman transfers to LSU. That was the critical issue for Bo. Um, okay. Uh, a week ago, that wasn't the case. So I, I, I get that. And I understand that there, there's a, there's compounding factors here. I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to put that. Maybe he wouldn't have been able to found out he wouldn't have been able to have uh, his son at Texas either. That that's a possibility. That's a good point. All right, guys, we got a couple of a super chats that we need to uh, jump over to real quick. And we're going to go back to saving for a second. This first one from Thunderpup. He says, NIL, not Texas, broke saving. Washington's DeBoer has a winning record that's hard to miss. He's won everywhere he's went, Rod. Yep. I mean, DeBoer is a, 
He's a stud. I don't think he's quickly question. too. What's That's that? The he's he's done it quickly. He's turned around programs that weren't necessarily at top of their conference or in contention to be on a national fish, you know, or you know, relative to their division. So credit to DeBoer. He's been tremendous. And a coach that's proven he can do more with less. I mean, he's, like you said, there's no five stars on that Washington team, guys. They got more three stars, and Texas has four stars. I mean, that's a, that's pretty impressive what they did to get to a, t- a title game. Let's see. It, it, it takes a certain type of coach, though, guys, to do more with more. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. That's 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 the question there. Can Kayla DeBoer do more with more? Because they're going to want more at Alabama. Amen. You know, CJ said this, Rod. They haven't finished outside the top 10 since uh, Nick Saban joined the Crimson Tide. That's after his, what, first year? Was that right, CJ? Yeah, first title run? After, after year one. He was a top yeah, 10. After year one, they finished in the top 10 every year in six national championships. That's unbelievable. Just crazy. Yeah. Now, what happens? What is the fallout from all of this? Um, you know, I, Hugh Freeze has to be smiling. The, the Auburn head coach, he woke up and he, I mean, he just got, he just got carte blanche in the state of Alabama. They're actually uh, toilet papering Toomer's Corner right now in Auburn. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> they are out there celebrating his retirement. I mean, it's, it's a full-on party in Auburn right now. The king is dead, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the king is dead. That's, I love college football. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Texas didn't do that when Jimbo Fisher got fired. Wow. <laughs> there you go. There's a picture of it. Wow. That's unbelievable. That's that's respect when the uh when your your hated rival usually that's usually a custom for something big happening on your own campus. Uh your own rival toilet papers the tumor's corner. That's awesome. It's pretty that's big. Awesome. That's respect. Right there, yeah. guys. That's hilarious. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, guys, we're going to jump back over to Bo Davis for a second. That conversation, Hookham Casino says, are there any NFL D-line coaches that could be a real option for the Longhorns? That's a good question. You know, that, that's a great question. I mean, um, a guy that used to be one of the best recruiters in college football uh, was a guy named Ryan Nielsen. Uh, he's currently the defensive coordinator uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, which, you know, is hey. he still the – Arthur Smith got let go, right? Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, Ryan Nielsen was one of the best D-line coaches in college football. I think he had, in three years, he recruited six defensive linemen at NC State that got drafted. 
Wow. And he's from yeah. USC originally, played college ball uh, at USC. I'm sure he's got from 97 to 2001. So I know he knows Sark somewhat. That might be a name to watch. But would he go from being a defensive coordinator in the NFL to a defensive line coach at Texas? That's the real question. Yeah, that, that's that's a, a question mark that has to be answered uh, because he's been seemingly on a, on a fast track in the NFL. But there are a number of uh, elite defensive line coaches in the NFL. That's where that's where Sark found Bo Davis. Yeah, Bo Davis got NFL NFL ties. Yeah, he was an NFL guy one time. Yeah, you start you starting to see. Listen, even Michigan, right? Michigan fixed their defense with NFL guys. Jim went to his brother John. Is like, hey man, I need a defensive mind. And essentially, John loaned him Mike McDonald, who <laughs> uh, ends up as now one of the best defensive coordinators uh, in the NFL for the Ravens now. But he initially went to uh, to, to Michigan, fixed the defense, and now they got was it Jesse Minter, who was another NFL guy who came there. And now he's the actual defensive coordinator. So. Uh, you, you're starting to see more and more teams look to the NFL. They may not get a coordinator from the league because that's a that's a kind of a big drop for an NFL coordinator, but get a position coach who aspires to be a coordinator. And that seems to be, I think, a, a route that a lot of these young lot young position coaches who want to be coordinators, they'll take that circuitous route through college and they get back up to the league like you saw uh, McDonald do for the Ravens. Wow. How about this? Most wins that Matt, our producer, gave me this stat just now. Most wins versus AP top 10, Matt, or top 25 opponents since 1936. Nick Saban with 104 um, ranked opponent wins. 104. Joe Paterno second with 86. Bobby wow. Bowden third with 82. Wow. Bear Bryant fourth with 65. <laughs> that's that's you know we talk about hey did you have any ranked wins this year and you have like three or four i mean nick saban rolled those things up like you know a lucky strike i mean he, he killed it, man. um I, I i get all this stuff about going to the nfl for a possible uh replacement for uh for bo davis i'm gonna guess that steve sarkeesian is going to be able to find uh, a defensive line coach that he likes. It's possible, uh, whether it's somebody like uh, uh, Freddie Roach at Alabama or one of these guys like Ryan Nielsen that comes available uh, because of their personal situations. Uh, but any way you go here, there's going to be valuable defensive line coaches out there. Yeah. Yep. And then we have a super chat here from Lane Seawright. And Lane says, what is the top of the market for head coaching salaries? 10 million, 20 million, or higher? I think Saban was right around the top at like 13, maybe. I I'd have yeah, to he, check, uh, but I, I don't think anybody's eclipsed 15. I could be wrong there. What's your what well Bill Belichick makes Bill Belichick made the most in Sean Payton, right? Yeah, right the, now, not college, but pro. Yes, all of them, yeah. I wonder, I mean, Peyton at 18, Greg Popovich with the Spurs at 16, Pete Carroll was 15, Sean McVay 15, Rod, your friend, uh, your friend Kyle Shanahan at 14, mm -hmm. uh, John Harbaugh at 12, Nick Saban at 11.8. This was as of November 28th, according to Sportico. Damn, he's underpaid, wasn't he? What's that? <laughs> he was underpaid. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, look at Bill Belichick's salary, though. Woo. Yeah, Belichick. Uh, Belichick is uh, classified as the essentially the GM and the head coach, so he's got a lot of responsibilities and titles. Um, yeah, but that they, they might be be ready to move on from Bill Belichick too, though. Honestly, but yeah, that's yeah. about to happen too. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, they're actually reporting that Nick Saban was interviewing assistant coaches within the last 24 hours for Alabama. Whoa. So that's kind of crazy that then he then announces his retirement. It makes you kind of wonder what's going or what went on behind the scenes to set these wheels in Whoa. motion. Yeah, who was that coach that drove him to retirement with a bad <laughs> interview? That's who that that's what I'm wondering now. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's really out of nowhere. That is. I wonder. See, that makes me think something happened. Some something abrupt, right? I mean, I don't know. That's weird. That 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 means he wasn't necessarily pondering it, you know, while leading up to that announcement that something happened that triggered him. That's what that would imply. He was triggered to do it. And that's weird. That's weird. That's a big decision. I don't think he was triggered. I mean, look, Holman Wiggins was left. Uh, Kevin Steele retired. He had some guys that he was gonna gonna replace uh, i i think he just finally made his final decision i don't, i have a hard time believing there was anything else unless you know we we could wake up and see something different hmm. jerry hamilton would like to tell us don't forget about that 19 million dollar house he bought on jupe in jupiter florida right now because jerry's all about jupiter florida he said look he bought a 19 million dollar house down there I was talking to jerry uh, a couple months ago and he he was talking about i bet saban retires because Man, you don't buy a $19 million house unless you're going to go live there and retire. That's Maybe fair. that can't pass. That's fair. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, y'all, well, a lot of Longhorn fans nervous, uh, you know, worried about Sark leaving. David Parcell says, my nervous level is about 20% for Sark leaving. I'm going to put y'all on the spot. What's your nervous level at? We'll start at the top with Rod. Uh, 10 to 15%. I'm not that worried about it. I, I think if Texas, you know, if they get into a negotiation and kind of a bidding war for Sark, I, I trust our BMDs, big money donors, to to win that bidding war. So I'm not that concerned with it. Well, Bobby, I, I would be more than 20. percent I'm not saying that it's a 20 percent chance he gets the job or even gets offered the job. I think that Texas brass needs to be on on call right now and on alert. You know, does that mean? That doesn't mean 20% worry for me. That just means on alert. It's not so much a percentage. I don't, I'm not saying there's a 20% chance Steve Sarkeesian gets the Texas job. That's not it at all. <laughs> don't, don't go misquote me there. I, I just think you've got to be on alert, you know. And CJ. Yeah, I, I'd probably sit right around 15% like Rod. Unfortunately, I shared different perspective about the BMDs because they kind of got their lunch handed to them today. Uh, by LSU. So if that wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. If they do come knocking for Sarkeesian's door, I'm going to look at it like it was a lesson learned and they're not going to let it happen again to them. And they'll take care of their guy inside the house. All right, Joe, we have another super chat. This one from David Duke. And David said, he's glad to find on Texas football, <laughs> David. We're glad you Thanks, found that. Thank you, brother. Very kind and of then, uh, Super chat from Sean. And Sean says, is Isaiah Bond going to jump in the portal? He almost did last week. You know, now what happens? 
Now what happens? Is Alabama is a is is uh wide receivers coach just went to AM, right? He's from Georgia originally, I believe. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it, this is gonna be crazy. I mean, one of the things the subtext or subplot is what does this do to Alabama's roster? It is yep. one of the two or three best rosters mm-hmm. in the in the country. What does this do to Alabama's recruiting class? The number two recruiting class, I think, in the country. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, all those guys are free to roam. Mm-hmm. Oh, already have odds. Wow. Wow. You can get more than anything. on that list. He down low? Is he deep down there? Are they not on the list at all? Did he not make it? That's not, good. Not listed at all, according See? to Matt, our producer. That's why, hey, like I said, 10 to 15%. I ain't worried about it, man. They, like I said, and, it, and if the BMDs did get their, you know, they, they, they got their butts handed to them in this Bo Davis thing, they're prideful. I know some of these dudes. They ain't going to lose another one. <laughs> they ain't going to lose two bidding wars to SEC teams. I guarantee you that. So, yeah, I, I, I feel confident that, that – but what I do feel confident about is the holy trinity behind the scenes. You're Kevin L. Tyfe, you're Jay Hartzell, um, you know, CDC. I got a lot of trust in that group. They've made some really good decisions while on campus well, in terms of hiring and, and the culture. Um, and I think they're going to – as Bobby said, th- these guys are on high alert now. They're on high alert. They're going to make sure they roll out the red carpet for Sark and make sure that when Sark is comparing in his mind – Oh, how I wonder how this is at Alabama or this how this was at Alabama when I was there. Uh, they want him to, when he's making that comparison, always pick, you know what, Texas has it better. You know, Texas has the advantage there. I, I'd rather be at Texas in that situation. So I I, I I feel confident. I probably shouldn't, damn it. But I, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. confident about it. Bobby, I wanted to ask you, on that list that we just saw, is there a name uh, or a coach maybe not mentioned yet that you don't want going to Alabama because it could Ooh. continue the machine? that we've seen Alabama recruit and kind of perform at over the last 15 plus years? That's a great question in some ways. Um, I I think that, I don't know that Kalen DeBoer is a match for Alabama. I think he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. I just don't, I mean, from Sioux Falls to Seattle to Tuscaloosa, I mean, not many people have made that trek. I mean, in life, much less, much less in college football. Um, I feel like of that group, the one that I would worry about probably the most um, being most Saban-ish as far as recruiting and relentless is Dan Lanning. Yeah. But probably the best coach on that list is Mike Norvell. Um, hmm. He... Uh, him, him at Alabama in that offense that he has and, and the ability to throw the ball around um, as well as get the defensive players, that could be different for him. I think that could be different for him. Um, I'm not saying he would go there, et cetera. Not Jimbo, that's for sure. Um, but, but, you know, the Dabo Sweeney is interesting too because, look – I don't think he's – he hasn't had a great run the last four or five years, guys, the last three years, right, uh, ever since he lost Trevor Lawrence. He's had he's been without a quarterback. Even Kate Klubnick, they had a good run at the end of the year, by the way. Uh, they they seem to put some things in the, in the right spot. Um, but I don't know that – I don't know that Dabo is, is built like Nick in that he is – I mean, Nick was a – I don't know how to say this without saying it the wrong way, but he was, he had some brass balls. He didn't mind making hard decisions. 
either during games, after games, in between. He ain't waiting a year to fire somebody. Yeah. He would fire him on the tarmac. He would replace him midseason. He would do whatever it took that he thought would be. I, I don't know that all of those guys are cut from that same cloth. I really don't. I mean, he's rare. I mean, he's the GOAT. I mean, what, what do you yeah. – like, part of me says he's the next guy. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get fired. Because there is no way you're leaving up, living up to those expectations. No, it's good. I point. mean, there's just no way. That's a fair take. Yeah, e- even like as good as their roster is. I mean, the first time you lose to a team, can you imagine if Texas would have beat a team by ten points in in Bryant Denny this year that wasn't coached by Nick Saban? That guy may have been fired the next week. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. Wow. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Hey, and I'm not saying the Vegas odds are always right, but it's worth noting that if you go back in the middle of the season, they put out the who's going to be the first coach fired. Jimbo had the best odds on there. And uh, it was, what, a week and a half later, he was fired. And that was the middle of the season. And and everybody else say, no, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. And bam, I mean, they nailed it. They're right a lot more than they're wrong. So... Just something to keep an eye on there with that list that we just had up on the screen. Okay, guys, we have another super chat to this one from Jason. <laughs> and Jason you. says, Lori Allen going from Austin to Tuscaloosa. The wifey wins this battle. Obviously, talking about Sark's wife. That's a good one. Rod, you're yeah. in I think. Yeah, man. That, that, she's a fashionista. Ain't no red carpets being rolled out there in, in, in Tuscaloosa, man. She ain't got to, she got to go to South by Southwest, ACL, BC. She looks good. She got, she dressed good. So, yeah. And wifey definitely will uh, have some influence. And uh, a lot of people don't know, man. A lot of these decisions that are made. And you wonder, man, what flipped the what what flipped the uh, the odds in favor of this decision or the other? Wifey, one conversation. I don't want. I don't want to be there, and the school sucked there. Done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. This next comment from Michael Sproul. He says, "Whoever they hire will be answering questions about saving forever." I mean, that's true. Unfair. It'll be unfair questions. Just like whoever. Whoever. Followed Daryl Royal, whoever followed Mac Brown, they were all going to get those questions, guys. Um, and some of them they didn't do it their, themselves any favors on, to be honest. But a lot of it is just unfair expectations. How do you follow Bear Bryant? I mean, how many how many uh, coaches did they go through before they got the right guy at Alabama? I mean, it, it's it's hard, man. It is going to be hard for whoever follows. Because the first time they lose by 10 points, oh, well, Nick would have won that game. Yep. You know, and all of a sudden that that one of those gets to be a money donor and all of a sudden that starts to put pressure on when we're not building this building and it, it could be a downward spiral that, that the football coach really could be a great football coach and have no control. Yep. And then Jack in the Box, he says, Bama is still a jewel in the college football crown. They'll be okay with the right coach, but there will be a slight drop-off in the natties. I'd probably say more than a slight. Texas will be okay, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, in retrospect, I'm happy that I went to the Texas-Alabama game this year. I really am. Uh, because I got to see Nick Saban coach in his own backyard. First time I'd ever been to a Nick Saban coach game at, at Alabama. Uh, 
Um, and so I feel like um, I feel like that that's as someone that loves college football like I do. Yes, I love the University of Texas as well. Not don't take don't get me wrong, but I'm a college football fan at heart too. And to have seen him do his work there, that's like you no, know, it's kind of like watching Nolan Ryan pitch a baseball on the mound. Yeah, hey, breaking news here, guys. Ryan Williams, oh. the five-star, decommitted from Alabama. Oh. Hayes Fawcett of On3, obviously reporting that they're going to be visiting Texas here, uh, what, about three weeks from now? Things are getting interesting. Yep. Uh, that's no surprise. I mean, <laughs> uh, and I honestly, I expect some other guys to reconsider their loyalty to Alabama because we don't know how many of these guys went to Alabama because they loved Alabama and they love the campus and the football program overall, or they went because they wanted to play for the GOAT. And the GOAT has a hell of a sales pitch. I'm the GOAT. I've had 49 first-round draft picks. As CJ mentioned, I got more first-round draft picks than losses. You want to be – I think you're a good player. I think you're you're a first-round draft pick. Come play for me, and then I'll make you a first-round draft pick. Okay, done. You don't have that sales pitch anymore. You don't have that salesman anymore to be able to walk in there as the goat and be able to, with that credibility and that kind of street cred. I can say a lot of these guys came to play for saving, period. There ain't no doubt about that. And I think you're seeing one right now. And by the way, I'm not blaming any of these guys because I mean, he's Nick Saban. He's the goat. He can help you achieve your dreams of being a, the best college player and being the best NFL player. So I think a lot of these guys, loyalty to Bama. I think now you're going to see that, you know, come into play here. And I don't necessarily think none, a lot of them have loyalty to the university or the program. It's about saving, man. It's about saving. It's always been about him. I was going to ask, who do you, who do you think is probably the, the happiest coach to hear this news? Is this a, you know, is Kirby Smart now looking at the throne as his finally? Obviously, Hugh Freeze is looking at the state of Alabama. Like, I finally don't have to be behind the shadow as well. There's got to be a number of coaches out here looking at this, like, I don't know, about time, really. Yeah, I'm right. Saving yep. 72 years old. I figured, you know, some of these coaches would probably be dreaming about this day for quite a while now. So a lot going on. I also was kind of pondering the idea of, you know, should these coaching carousel rumors continue and kind of the coaches that are linked to them following through with some of these jobs, you know, if Jim Harbaugh does take an NFL job and Brian Kelly, you know, follows up north to Michigan or if you know Kirby Smart is linked to that Atlanta Falcons job who's kind of you know that big dog in the SEC right now right now it is Kirby Smart mm-hmm. but if he for whatever reason ends up leaving it's wide open the best conference in all football is wide open right around the time that Texas is walking in the door so something yeah. to think about that's, that's exciting huge yeah. void to your point, a huge void for 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 whoever, right? Uh, a vacuum almost is what he leaves. Um, I, I, I'm I'm amazed by it, Rod. I, your your thoughts on you know if if it, smart is the guy, Brian Kelly seems like he's most poised based on uh, how he's he just want a guy want a guy want a a uh, Heisman Trophy with him at, at quarterback. Uh, Texas looks like they're on the up and up. AM looks like they're kind of, you know, trying not to, to fall apart. <laughs> Oklahoma's on the up and up. What does the SEC look like to y'all's point? Not necessarily from a coaching perspective now, but from a power perspective. Is it 
moving even further westward other than Georgia? Because uh, right now, Florida's on a downtrend for sure. I mean, that's a great point. <laughs> no, that's a great point. I agree with you. It's like, I mean, uh, Bama has ruled the Iron Throne pretty much for a while. And then Georgia looks like they were going to be the next kind of king of the SEC. If Kirby Smart makes a move, uh, it ends up, you know, leaving um, to go to the NFL uh, to pursue another challenge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could see a kind of a, a, a new shift uh, in the landscape of the SEC. Hell, why can't Texas and Sark be that program? I mean, they they, they recruit at the highest levels. Um, Sark is ascending as a coach, right? Uh, now coaching, you know, his best brand of football. We assume he's only going to get better with that. I mean, why can't it be Texas? Um, I think that really what, what, what the Longhorn fans are asking themselves uh, going into the SEC that if it's not Nick Saban, that's what you expected to do battle with. That was the standard you expected to try to live up to. Well, if it ain't Nick Saban, I mean, you ain't got to play him, you know, and then you got Kirby Smart in there and you ain't got him to worry about. Hell, man, Texas should be, uh, you know, as good a possibility as any team of taking over and being the new king of the SEC. I'll just throw it out there. I'm not saying they will be, but they have as good a shot as any program after after Georgia and after Bama, of course. Man. Okay, guys, let's go to this next one here. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about Ryan Williams decommitting, but Texas had a commit that decommitted to go to Bama and Aaron Hampton. What I mean, does Tech, you know, if, if he goes back, does Texas look at him again? Mm. Man, <laughs> I don't think so. They took Aaron Butler, right, CJ? Yep. Yeah, wow. yeah. Aaron Butler was kind of that, you know, sh- scoop around by Chris Jackson and Sarkeesian to say we have a void. We want to fill it. If I'm Aaron Hampton right now, I'm probably feeling a little bit befuddled by this news today because you were in a position to commit to Texas and sign with Texas the day of. And now things have kind of flipped on their heads a little bit. And this is for a lot of kids in that class as well. Um, so it's not just Aaron Hampton who's kind of sitting around wondering, all right, what's next? I'm supposed to move to Tuscaloosa in about three days and start my next chapter of my life. So a lot going on for a lot of these kids, Aaron Hampton specifically, you know, one that could really start reevaluating things uh, and, and potentially look to be released from that NLI. Uh, they've got 26 commitments. Alabama does CJ and Rod and Blake. Um, 21 of them are early enrollees. Wow. <laughs> 21 of them, including, uh, to your point, uh, uh, Aaron Hampton. But they've got uh, one of the top handful of quarterbacks in the country, uh, one of the top defensive backs, one of the, or two of the top defensive backs. I mean, they, they rank number two overall for a reason. Um, it is absolutely um, crazy uh, for Texas uh, right now, or for Alabama right now, to think about just the turmoil now that this puts your coaching retiring is so different than getting fired. Mm-hmm. Usually when a coach gets fired, players are like, okay, well, we need a win now. When a coach just retires, that's a different feeling. I mean, right? Because that yeah. means, wow, he doesn't want to be here anymore. Do I want to be here anymore? It's a different feeling for those players. Whereas getting fired, well, yeah, he didn't win. We didn't win. I'm part of that. So maybe I, I I need to take some ownership. But when a guy retires, what ownership is there to take for those players? Great point, Bobby. The choice was made, right? The coach made a choice 
uh, that he'd rather be retired than, you know, coach the team. Uh, So you're right about that. The guys think, all right, well, you know what, what would I rather be doing than be with this team? Uh, So I, I had never thought about it like that, but that's a great point as opposed to getting fired. Guys fight hard after a guy gets fired because that that's a hit to their pride. Like, man, they got fired because of you. So I'm with you. I, I, I think a lot of these guys, like I said, we'll see how many of them are for they came to play for Bama, how many came to play for Saban. And I'm going to bet that a lot of these guys just came to play for Nick Saban, man, and that if you can entice them to, 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 to come play for your program, whether it be because of the scheme or because of the culture or because they like the coach there or whatever, or because closer to home, whatever the reason, I think you're going to see some guys leave because you just got you guys brought up this Aaron Hampton situation. There's a good chance if Nick Saban wasn't a part of the equation, they'd even like, well, I'm not going there. Nick Saban's not there. Alabama doesn't have the same appeal. <laughs> it's just not the same sales pitch at all. Ten of, also, Ten of their 26 commitments, by the way, for, were from in-state. Wow. So wow. 10, only 10 of their 26 uh, in there. Recruits cannot get out after they sign a letter, but they can enter the transfer portal. That's my understanding. Okay. CJ, you were going to say something? Sorry about that. Yeah, I was just going to say on the topic of firing versus retiring, in most instances, the topic and conversation of letting a coach go has been up there for, for weeks on end, leading to a decision eventually coming. Most oftentimes, you know, continuing a conversation behind the scenes of who that next guy will be. When a sudden abrupt retirement like Nick Saban comes, everybody's kind of blown off, you know, kind of, whoa, whoa, what flashbang, whoa. What would just happen here? So uh, for Alabama specifically with, as you said, Bobby, 21 kids set to enroll on campus in the next couple of days, that's a big decision. And not necessarily one where Alabama has the luxury of sitting back and waiting on despite needing to evaluate all options and, and possible routes that they can take to continue the tradition and success that they've had at Alabama. Would Bill Belichick take that job if he gets fired from the Patriots? I could never <laughs> see him recruiting. No way. Never. <laughs> never. never. That never. would be funny. He's not a recruiter type, is he? Mm-mm. Absolutely no. not. I'm he's he'll go on the road and instead of suit and ties into high school uh, high school gyms, he'll be wearing a hoodie. A hoodie, <laughs> yeah. Mumbling. Mumbling Cut to recruit. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, y'all. We got a uh, super chat here from Thunderpup. And Thunderpup says, recruiting at Bama – uh, I think he means recruits at Bama know Saban loves Sark. What are the chances recruits will now seriously think about playing for Sark? Obviously Ooh. talking about Alabama recruits. Well, what about a tight end? What about a wide receiver? I mean, Texas needs a couple of those guys right now. I could use an Isaiah. How would they look with Nye Black and uh, the, the receiver, the tight end that caught a touchdown against Texas? Kind of made – Jaron Thompson and those guys look bad a little bit. How about Isaiah Bond, who caught a touchdown um, and was a deep threat? Uh, those guys would look good at burn orange, uh, but they have to go in the portal first. And I think that's what our next step is, right, is to monitor if anybody goes in the portal before Alabama names a new head coach. Like, in, in some ways, this is the anti-Nick Saban move. Like, he wants all his ducks in a row. How does he not already know who's the next head coach? Like, that's the one thing that, Rod, you mentioned earlier that is there something kind of messed up going on here because he was interviewing coaches just yesterday and today for the Mm -hmm. vacant positions? Yeah. 
It, it, that is unlike Nick Saban not to have every I dotted and every T crossed. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, you know, I wonder how much input Nick Saban wants to have or will have in hiring the next head coach, right? Is he, you know, is he concerned with his legacy overall? So does he want to be involved with the program or is he going to be, uh, now I'm done, I'm not going to be around the program at all. I'm going to leave it up to whoever they hire. Um, and will they ask Nick Saban his opinion? about who um, replaces him as head coach. These are all questions I have no idea, um, and only Nick Saban can answer, but I agree with you. Nick Saban's a pretty buttoned-up, organized guy, detailed-oriented down to the T. Um, You you know, that report about him interviewing coaches, um, you know, maybe that's just him being a type A guy, and and no matter what, he's a task-oriented coach until he ain't, right? It's like people said about um, that Jim Harbaugh was talking about spring football after they won a national title and people were like, well, if he's talking about spring football, he must be coming back to Michigan. Not necessarily. That guy's a task oriented guy until he's got another task. And his task right now is head football coach at Michigan. And he can switch like that. As soon as he becomes head football coach somewhere else and boom, he become a task oriented guy for something else. So I think for Nick Saban, who's usually very task oriented, detailed oriented, it does seem abrupt and it does seem out of nowhere, but I will say, maybe it was you, Bob, that brought the Paul Feinbaum report. Remember, Paul Feinbaum threw it out there a couple of weeks ago, actually, that he thought Nick Saban might retire after this year. I don't know if he had heard something or if that was just him, you know, you know, having the experience of being around the SEC and hearing rumors or just a, a gut feeling. But he said he thought Nick Saban might retire after this year. He said it a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum is about as he, – he's got 50 years' experience of working in the SEC and in the state of Alabama. He, yeah. he knows people who know people who know people. Uh, and so you never know where he gets his news or information from. Uh, and it's a, a wide cast of, of people. Um, and, you know, look, I agree. And it's like, it's crazy. Uh, you know, who what were the odds again on the, the most likely was Dan Lanning? Is that the most likely on the odds? Dan Lanning was one. Two was Dabo Swinney. Uh, three, Mike Norvell, according to Vegas. Those were the top three. Uh, did y'all have did any of those not fit to y'all? Like, like the one that doesn't fit to me is Lane Kiffin. I, I mean, Saban fired him, told him to leave. I think it does fit. You think he does fit? Why is that? No, I, I just do. I mean, he seems infatuated with, with Alabama. Seems like Alabama, even though he's an opposing coach, the fans love him. I can see him coaching there, Bobby. I really can. And he's plus 700 for a reason. I mean, you know, that's what top, that's fifth out of, out of those. I, I, I can see it. I don't see Deion Sanders <laughs> Yeah, on that list. That's fair. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't understand. The Deion Sanders one just, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like it's a natural fit, but I will say, I didn't think Brian Kelly felt like a natural fit at LSU. If you're a good Great. ball coach, bringing the talent, he won games. So, you don't always have to be a right fit, but it does help to entrench yourself in the community around you if you kind of naturally fit in with, you know, the fan base and the culture. Hey, here's a question. Mike Norvell and yes. his situation at Florida State. Talk about that because mm-hmm. here's a team, here's a coach that just won 13 games and didn't get in the, in the playoffs. And he's stuck in a league where – they're going to have to pay what half a billion dollars to try to get out. Uh, they uh, allegedly, yeah. uh, but they're going to try to find a way around that. 
is he attracted by the opportunity to go to Alabama? That's exactly where my my mind was going. You're looking at a list of guys, aside from Dion and Vrabel, who are not in the big – the only one who's not in the Big Ten or the SEC, you know, under a, a plus 1,000 odds right now is Mike Norvell. So a guy who's Dabo. – Dabo's in, a, in the ACC too. Fair, yes. Disregard. But, 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 he's, but, also, but he's also an alum. Dabo's an alum. Dabo's dangerous, though. Dabo's dangerous because Dabo has openly, vehemently come out against the transfer portal and NIL. He's dragging his feet on these things, and he seems to be reluctant to evolve with the times. And Sark doesn't really like NIL the way it is either. And the transport, he's he's pretty much said that or implied that. But he also he's also implied, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. All right. I don't necessarily like the new landscape, but I will be effective and I will evolve with the times. And Dabble has shown a reluctance to do that. Hell, Nick Saban's complained a little bit about the boosters and the donors not being all in in the NIL space with Bama. If he goes there with that attitude, with boosters and donors already being a little lackadaisical and lazy when it comes to NIL, man, that could be disastrous. I I hope the leadership at Alabama understands that. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, guys, let's do this super chat from Archhorns. With Texas being right up against the 85 scholarship limit, are we able, even able to benefit from Bama's attrition? You only have to hit the 85 when you're actually when you're playing games. So mm-hmm. you can go over because people graduate, et cetera, throughout the year, and the NCAA understands that. Um, and they'll there will be some additional attrition at Texas um, over the next three to six months. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think that uh, my take on it is. Texas is still definitely out there looking right now uh, for a wide receiver. We've talked about uh, uh, C.J. Daniels. Uh, they're also looking for a defensive tackle. We've talked about Jamari Caldwell. Tight end is another one that they're still going to look at. Uh, so you add all those things together, and uh, yes, they're still looking. And, and yes, they would have space for certain guys from Alabama. Uh, we'll take this question from Jay. And Jay says, is Saban retiring from coaching or is he simply leaving Alabama? Will there be a possibility of Nick entering the NFL? Or maybe mm. eventually do you think you could see him like in a Gary Patterson role? I'm not saying at Texas, but just somewhere helping somebody. Do you think we'll ever see him help in any form or fashion when it comes to football ever again? Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler and those guys. I mean, he's going to make – He'll make ten million a year probably from ESPN, guys. As an analyst, yeah, he's got that Allstate gig too. He's lighting up the commercial <laughs> game. <laughs> I forgot about he's doing that. all right. He's, doesn't he have some car dealerships and stuff too? Yes. Oh yeah, a ton. Yeah. And Nick Saban, he's, he's he's doing just fine. He's doing just fine. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be looking to help somebody in, unless he goes helps Bill Belichick on you know to do now, something. Red. That's interesting now. Now, no, seriously, if you're Nick Saban, the, the, the NFL thing is interesting. Now, he's 72 years old, so I don't I don't think it's – I think it's a remote possibility. I don't necessarily think it's something he's interested in. But, um, I mean, who knows? You know, he might. Maybe some team will at least inquire or reach out to him like, hey, Nick, are you thinking about coaching? Because if not, if you are, hey, man, we can come up, come up to the NFL and give it another shot. Because he, he talks often about where he went wrong in the league. He talks, he brings it up a lot, actually, in interviews and basically ends up saying, 
I left the league because I couldn't get my quarterback. I couldn't get – I wanted Drew – I wanted, you know, the Drew Brees thing didn't work out. That's the guy he wanted. Didn't work out. I didn't get my quarterback, and it all went down here from there. So I'm not saying he's going to do it. He's too old, really, to consider it. But, uh, man, it, I think it's something that still bothers him a little bit that it didn't work out. And it was disastrous for him, guys. I mean, the players hated him. Players want to fight Nick Saban in the league. There are multiple reports about players wanting to fight him, this fight with Nick Saban. <laughs> Yeah, he has no problem. He has no problem telling people how he feels, and I think that that doesn't always that doesn't always work with with uh, grown men. <laughs> yelling, yelling at them doesn't necessarily work uh, where you can suspend their scholarship. You're not going to suspend their paycheck. Uh, so, <laughs> true that. True that. Uh, a little bit. A little bit of that. I, look, I think I think uh, Saban's got a got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I will say that the initial report is that he's retiring. So he's not that that's the report. So that would mean he's not going or looking for the NFL. He might be retiring from coaching. Hence the idea of, of working for an ESPN or, or whoever uh, might come along. Uh, all right, guys, we've, we've done enough on this today or tonight. A, a shockwave really that uh, uh, reverberates around college football. Uh, not only Nick Saban uh, announcing that uh, he is retiring, uh, but we've also, also been covering Bo Davis and his move to LSU, the Texas defensive line coach uh, as well. A uh, lot of stuff going on today. Uh, on a nondescript day in the middle of January, <laughs> wow. nine days away from play, the college football playoff, Texas played, who would have thought we'd be sitting here and this kind of news would be breaking on a mid-afternoon uh, in January. But uh, big stuff uh, for college football. All right, guys, before we get out of here, I'm going to put y'all on the spot. Call your shot. Who's the next coach at Bama? Oh, that's good. I'm uh, going Dabo. I'm going Dabo. <laughs> Mama called. Bear Bryant had the best best quote, right? Why did he leave A&M? Mama called. That's when he went back to <laughs> Mama's going to call Dabo or Dabo. I like Dan Lanning. I think Dan Lanning has – the youth, the charisma, the recruiting skins on the wall. He's always put Oregon in a very good spot that values trench play above everything else. I think Alabama under Dan Lanning could maintain this level of performance for a, for a pretty long time. I like that. I'll go to sleeper then. I'll go with Mike Norvell. I like that pick. CJ brought him up earlier. That's a good one. And I, I, do, I do think he's willing to jump because he's upset with the way this season went down. And the ACC is a it's a powder keg right now. <laughs> and I think he want I think he'd rather get to a more stable situation. Mike Norvell's a hell of a coach, actually, too. So I'll, I'll take that one. Easy buyout, too. Easy buyout. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, and th those all three have the three best odds there in Vegas. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting situation to watch unfold. No doubt about that. Well, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to uh, like and subscribe. Definitely subscribe and ring the bell because, I mean, no telling what's going to happen next at any given moment. Today being a perfect example of that. But if you <laughs> ring that bell, you'll be notified anytime we go live or that we post a video right here on On Texas Football. So for CJ, Rod, and Bobby, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time. Hook them. Hook them.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.